0: Welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast. I'm Peter Bregman, your host and CEO of Bregman Partners. This podcast is part of my mission to help you get massive traction on the things that matter most. Us today is Sunyin Sheng. She co-founded and leads the Coach K Center on Leadership and Ethics at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. She's a coach and an advisor to CEOs, and she wrote this awesome little book. It's called *The Launch Book*: Motivational Stories to Launch Your Idea. Business or Next Career. If you're watching the video, I'm holding it up there so that you can see it. She actually did a great campaign around this book with people reading the book and sending her a photograph of them holding the book or reading the book. So maybe at the end of this, she'll tell you how to do that if you're interested and you buy the book, which I highly suggest you do. And um, Sanyan is quickly becoming a friend of mine, and I'm very excited to have her on the podcast. Sanyan, welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Peter. I'm honored and excited to be here. And Um, this is going to be fun. And I have to say, speaking of launches, so this is my first time doing a video podcast and you're launching me into this. I'm so glad to have you as a member of my launch tribe. I'm putting a lot of trust in you, Peter.
0: (laughs) That's great. Well, you look great. If you guys are watching the video, you can see the beautiful drawings from Sanyan's children in the background. It's all very, very much a part of the way you are and the way you wrote this book, which is very much yourself, right? And that's great. Yeah. That's exactly how it should be. So on that note, share a little bit about yourself. Why Why did you write this book? Why is it important to you? Where did it come from?
1: So several reasons um, why I wrote the book. One is whether I'm speaking with students or I'm speaking with CEOs, I'm finding a common theme in the type of questions and challenges that they're facing. And that is, in the world of change, how do I move forward? how do I launch? Because when we launch, it's a move away from the status quo, right? So I wrote the book for to address that question. And when I look at whether a student's dealing with launching into a career in investment banking or a CEO who's launching a major transform, transformational initiative in their company, there's books out there that talks about the tactics. I want to step back and look at the mindset. And so one, I wrote the book for readers And then, too, I wrote the book really for me, Peter. Um, I've written a lot of articles. I've not written a book. And I thought, gosh, a book is just a collection of articles. This is going to be so easy when I started. The moment I committed to writing the book, it was terrifying. And I realized (laughs) that the irony of writing the launch book is I became the reader. I was experiencing everything I was writing about. And so I wrote the book for me for the next time when I have to launch something and I have to be braver, I'm going to refer back to this book and draw on the framework. And then I wrote the book as a love song to all the people who have given me advice, um, (laughs) advice uh, to make me braver along the way.
0: I love it. And we talked about this a little bit before our conversation, which is I I also, I write books that I need to read, right? Mm -hmm. I don't write a book about managing time and managing focus because you know, I'm such an amazing expert at, no, I, I, I struggle with it. So I learn about it and I study it and I research and then, and then I write a book about it. And we were talking about the need for both of us to write a book on parenting. So it's actually a really useful tool to actually really delve in and write research and tell stories and explore areas that we're um, struggling with. You wrote this book in like three months, right? Am I getting this right?
1: Um, Six. Well, okay. There's two answers to that. To that uh, question, how long did it take me to write the book? Uh, one answer is six weeks. Six um, weeks, boy, having less than deadline. three months. And that's because not because I'm a good writer; it's because I'm a procrastinator. And then I work really well under pressure, and I have a commitment to my um, editor, and so punched out in six weeks. The other answer is ten years, because all the stories that are in the book—stories from Francis Hessebine to our friend Marshall Goldsmith to Um, Katie Taylor or Alan Kuhlman, this is very personal to me because this is their advice shared with me over the last 10 years. And it's a love, as I said, this book is a love song to all those people whom I love and admire and who are friends, and it's a way of amplifying their messages. Why should I be so selfish as to keep that to myself?
0: Um, You talk about five elements of a launch, to be you, build your tribe, imagine, next play, and generosity. Can you, like, in in a sentence or two for each one, just describe big picture, then we can go into more depth, but big picture, what are each of these five things?
1: Sure. So being you is, you know, so many times when we launch, we have to launch in alignment with who we are, our values, our beliefs, our purpose in life. And actually, you may not know what that is when you start, but you can discover it as part of the launch journey. Build your tribe. Well, you may look at, You may launch as a solo, in solo, but no real success launch is really a solo endeavor. We have to launch with a tribe, with others, and who are those other people around us? And we can dive into that later. Imagining the possible. Let's not be limited by what we see now. I mean, you look at careers. um, The jobs that our kids will be in when they graduate don't even exist yet. That's how fast the world is changing. So how do we see, how do we be what we can't see, right? And then um, Next Play is about perspective because it's understanding, it's reframing failure, it's reframing success. And there's a story with Jeff Wiener, um, the CEO of LinkedIn, I can share about that around this Next Play perspective and this idea of generosity. So I believe, and we are are, um, fortunate to be surrounded by generous people. I mean, look at Marshall Goldsmith and the Pay It Forward initiative. I mean, talk about generosity, right? Generosity, we shouldn't wait until we're successful to be generous. We should be generous every step of the way. And generosity actually links back to perspective. So that's uh, just a quick encapsulation of what those little elements are.
0: I love it. Now, all of those, you you said early on, uh, a little earlier in the call, that you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff that's been written about the tactics of a launch, and you really want to focus on mindset. Each of these five, I could see where they are mindsets, but they also seem like they're tactics. There are things to do in aligning yourself and your passion and your purpose with your with with your launch or building your tribe. There's ways of building your tribe so that you're not doing it alone. So it seems like we're, you're thinking both about the mindset of each of these things that you have to think. About yourself, you have to think about your connections with others. you have to imagine, but there's also very specific tactical approaches to doing each of these five things. Am I thinking about yeah. this correctly?
1: You know, um yes, because you have to start, but you have to start with being, you know, not doing, you have to be. So what is that being? You have to think about the being, for example, launch tribe, not as aI'm gonna do this alone, aren't I you know, aren't I great, but having that element of vulnerability and saying, you know what? It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to let others invest in your success. And then let's go out and have the tactics to actualize that.
0: So so that that's already a great let's do, let's do a little bit of a deep dive into that question, right? Because vulnerability feels really critical. It mm-hmm. also feels, you know, um, possibly I could see how listeners might argue that it's antithetical to the need. To like you know use your will and push through a hard launch to make something work. You're working twenty hour days, and you know you got to be resilient. And you, and and that the risk of vulnerability is potentially the risk of giving in. And I'm curious about how you would answer that.
1: Okay, so the chapter right before vulnerability, be vulnerable, is actually called be brave. So the two go hand in hand, right? So this idea of resilience. Um, of just courage to push forward, that's critical. But I also want to talk about something that's not often talked about, which is vulnerability, which is this notion, sometimes we're afraid of failure. I'm afraid of failing in every single one of my launches. I'm afraid this is my first video podcast. I'm a <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm totally You're farmed.
0: doing great. I will let you saying. down. <laughs> You're doing great.
1: No, and um so but being for example, just me voicing that out loud, it, builds, it makes us human. It, it enables us to connect and to be more authentic. Um, this idea of vulnerability is also about not having to know the answers. I mean, okay, so let's connect it to something that we often talk about, mentorship. So one of the things people think about is, um, first thing, go find a mentor, go find someone who's done what you're trying to do and ask them for advice. But what I find is, and this is a mistake I made earlier on in my career, when I reach out to a mentor, I just wanted to show them the good stuff, you know, like, here's all the wins. And, and then being on the reverse side of that, now mentoring, and when I have mentees and students not being vulnerable, but just wanting to highlight all their wins because they're trying to impress, like I was trying to impress, I stop and think, we are not really able to build much of a relationship here because I, I don't know how I can invest and how I can best help you. I can cheer you on. I can best help you, and so I want to, with vulnerabilities, take away the notion of having to have all the answers. And actually, it's when you demonstrate you don't know the answers that's when you can leapfrog um, to to having the fat, arriving at the fat answers a lot faster.
0: So you have a great story about Frances Hasselbein, who we both know, you know, and finding out from her customers what they really needed that I think is a really good illustration of this vulnerability piece. Can you share that story?
1: Sure. So, um, Frances, for the listeners who don't know Frances, is one of the foremost leaders of, um, of our time. And she was the former CEO of the Girl Scouts and then became the CEO of the Peter Drucker Foundation, um. Institute Peter Drucker named her one of the most natural leader, perhaps the most natural leader he has ever encountered. Um, so in New York City, there was this program called Principal for a Day, where luminary leaders are uh, principal for a day at a school of their choosing. And of course, everybody wants that rock star school and to be principal for a day there. And Frances does something different. She says, "What's your worst school?" And he said, really, do you, do you really want that school? She's like, yes, what's your worst school? And it gave her this one school in the Bronx where there was zero graduation rate ever. And she went and she, instead of, you know, the tendency is to say, hey, there's, I'm a leadership expert. I know what I'm doing. Here's what you need to do. The first thing that Frances did was she asked questions. She pulled the students together. And she asked them, What do you need? Just a simple question, what do you need? And they said, Mrs. Hessapline, it would be great if we have some books for our library. So she made a few calls. And when when uh, Francis asks, it's impossible to say no to her. Um, so she got them a library. And they said, Would it be possible to have textbooks? Because they didn't have textbooks. So she made a call to Mayor's office, and students got textbooks. Mrs. Hessepline, would it be possible to uh, have mentors? And she called a few of her corporate friends, and uh, they invested in mentoring uh, students in the school. And at the end of that one year, the school that had never graduated, zero graduation rate, they graduated 15. And one of those 15 went on to the U.S. Air Force Academy. And that's the power of asking questions, listening, which is actually a demonstration of vulnerability. And you think about vulnerable, that's when you're powerful, too. So.
0: so I love the story, and I and I think it's it's interesting related to vulnerability because, you know, it feels like it could be a little scary for some people to co-create with customers, right, mm. which is what the story is describing, because you want customers to have confidence in you and feel like you know what you're doing, right? Uh. And so... There's, you know, it, it, it connects with this issue of vulnerability because, you know, you you wanna connect with customers in a way where you really are in a space of I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really in a space of curiosity and learning and I don't know. And at the same time, you wanna do it in a way that reinforces your customers confidence in you. Right? Especially when you're launching something and you might be new to it and you might not have any experience in it, you know, or the deep experience in it, in the way, or at least maybe you have experience in it, but not a track record, and you're, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a launch. So, how do you balance the sense of curiosity and living in the space of I don't know while still communicating competence and confidence?
1: Mm. So it's it doesn't stop at I don't know. If you just end it I don't know, then yeah, it's you know there's not much to go on. But you you say I don't know, but let's figure it out together. Here's what I bring to the table, but this is what you I think your expertise is, and this is what I need you to. Um, I would love to know about X, Y, or Z, and let's figure it out together. Um, even in writing the book. I was freaking out as the deadline was ticking away and I didn't have anything. And I spoke to one of my, you know, I just pulled several of my students together and I asked them what in today's age, when there's so many demands in your time, what would make you want to pick up this book? And I thought they would say research and their, their, their answer astounded me. They said stories. I'm like, really stories? I'm like, yeah, stories is what will make me want to pick up this book. It's like, Thank goodness I have stories. I know stories. And that's what I, that's an example of this idea of you, know, you do bring something to the table. That's why the be you, know who you are. Part of that is the fundamental is knowing what you do bring to the table, but it's just apply it in a different context. But in that new context, you can't do it alone. You have to engage others. And by the way, when you say, let's do it together, suddenly there's shared ownership. I mean, in our coaching work, uh, because Peter, I know you are like a rock star coach as well we do, do you don't ever go to someone and say hey do this it's let's figure it out together right?
0: absolutely the curiosity piece is critical and the living in I don't know is critical and and uh, I, I sort of joke because I gave a TED talk on this this idea of I don't know and I, I like to you know as a joke I sort of like to say that I'm the world's expert in not knowing like I know <laughs> I know more about I don't know than anybody.
1: Um, And that in itself is an expertise. (laughs) How do you leverage, I don't know, into into power? (laughs) Um,
0: uh, I love these questions you use, uh, that you sort of identify to use in the launch process, right? You have a series of questions, the why question, the what do you think question, the what if question, the well-framed question. Can you again, like you did at the start, just a sentence or two on each of them to help people understand how they might be able to leverage these questions in their launch?
1: Um so I'm a big I'm a big fan of being a question in search of answers, which this is why we're gonna be great friends, <laughs> Peter, because you're the expert on I don't know and the expert on saying I I have a question, I don't have the answer. <laughs> it's great. You know, flip sides of the same coin. Um I think, you know, like even in leadership, it's uh because this launch book really is a it's a leadership book in many regards, it's a self leadership book and i think we learn so much more from questions i mean just even the questions you're asking is re- more re- re- as a as an interviewer gosh that's re- re- revealing so much about your expertise because of how you're framing them and how you're asking them so um the what if question is really about imagining the the um possible right we don't know but what if what if are um, the why question is really unearthing the, you know, the purpose behind something. I mean, a lot of times we would just say, someone says, I want to create the next, the Uber, What what is it nowadays? I want to create the Airbnb of such or the Uber right. of such. I'm like, that's great. Let's figure out why. And then from the why, you can figure out what's the origin story that reveals who they are and and um and enables the customer and prospective customers, um, the people who are investing in that person's success to really buy into their destiny story. So the why, the what if the, the no the how question, um that's really around tactics. I mean so these questions take on different forms. It's not necessarily as like categorized as as um uh what we started off with.
0: But it's thinking one th- th- this goes back to what you started our conversation with around mindsets which yes. is it you know it's not just about checking off a to-do list you know of checklist items to make sure you're doing the 35 things you need to do in order to launch
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: about grounding yourself more deeply in you know who am i why am i doing this what am i trying to create in the world because you have to keep coming back to that when we talk about those times when you need the resilience when you have to do those 20-hour days when you're fighting through you know the challenges the natural challenges that come whenever you're launching something new that you you know that becomes a a, a well to draw from that nourishes you and allows you to move forward
1: and not only that you mentioned there's a 35,000 checklist to every launch and yes if you parse it down there is a 10, 1,000, 10,000, thousand checklist by focusing on the anchors of the why and the you know the purpose um, what's the outcome what's the objective you can actually find integrators among those checklists right so today the new thing I learned today because um, part of it is a learning mindset I'm developing a Duke uh, online course based on the launch book and I'm meeting with the designer this morning. And he said, Oh, backwards design. Like what's backwards design? And he said, uh, well, you start with the outcome of what you want the learners to know. And rather than saying, this is what I know and let's piece it together. Let's start from what, because
0: how we want them walking away and then back into it.
1: Exactly. I mean, it, it goes back to our conversation on books. Why do we write books? It's for us. We're the reader. What do we need to know? And then we work backwards. And if that's going to help us, it's going to help the reader too.
0: Right. You 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 say um, you have a chapter or a you know a heading make fun a deliverable. <laughs> I just kind of loved that. Can you just talk a minute about that?
1: Yes. Okay. So um, sometimes I think we take ourselves. It's perspective too. I think we can take ourselves too seriously. But to be able to find the fun factor in this. I mean, like, I'm having so much fun on this, <laughs> on, on your podcast, Peter. And frankly, it's holding my fear at bay. You know, um, it's energizing. Fun is energizing. And when you laugh, when you laugh with your team, it actually enables you to form a deeper, that human connection, right? Um, and that human connection is, I think, at the end of the day is a foundation to make, to be able to scale, make things, uh, make things come alive, uh, get, achieve what we want to achieve a lot faster. And when you think about it, okay, see if all else fails, at least we had fun. Like you can check that box off as a huge win. Right. It's it's great.
0: And and it's actually very much the flavor of how you've written this book, which is, (laughs) which is very human right? It's very human. It says, you know, it's, it just goes back to the 35,000 point checklist the, you know, there's a million things that you can actually do, but who you are and how you show up feels like a very, very important piece of it. Maybe the most important piece is the platform that you stand on in order to move forward or the yeah. springboard or whatever, you know, metaphor you want. And it, but it feels really, really critical. And, and the having fun piece is really an element of the being human piece.
1: Yeah, and it's it tickles the curiosity, you know. What if we do this and that? What if this could be absolutely outrageous? But let's try it and see what happens.
0: It feels like you know it was much easier when we were in college to have (laughs) that kind of uh, an imagination. And hey, let's try this. And hey, let's try that and then as the stakes get higher and you have you know responsibilities and families and then it feels like it becomes a little harder to be playful and all, playful and all the more important to be playful and to That's sort funny. of tap back into that you know imagination it's where where you know pulling all of these pieces together the questions that you ask allowing questions to be open questions the what if and the why And then really understanding who you are and building your tribe, like connecting with people you like and and being imaginative. Like all of these things are things I almost think we were better at at 20 than we are at 50. And we have to relearn them.
1: Or we're better at when we're age seven or seven. Yeah, I
0: agree with you. Yeah. Or age five. I agree with you 100 percent.
1: With my my daughter, she just she has an idea. My oldest is eight and she loves drawing. And she has an idea and she just goes and does it. And she comes and I'm like, how? okay, at some point you have to put energy into this. You came up with the idea, put energy into it, but you're not afraid of failing. You're just curious about how that idea will play out. We self-edit so much okay? because we're afraid of, I don't know what are we afraid of? We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid it might not be nearly what we imagined it to be.
0: Right. And I mean, what I would say, and this is you know, my next book that's coming out in the middle of next year on emotional courage is what we're afraid of is feeling.
1: What a great emotional courage. Yeah. Okay. That and
0: we're we're afraid of feeling like there's some feeling we're afraid of. We're not afraid of actually failing. We're afraid of the feeling that would come if we failed. So we're afraid of feeling things. And, and it's, you know, the big challenge is to be willing to feel stuff. And if you're willing to feel stuff and, you know, when you're 7 I don't think you're necessarily feeling what we feel at, you know, 50 at failure. I think they're not feeling that. So it's easier to do that at seven than it is at 50. But the question is, can you maintain that seven-year-old curiosity and wonder and and live with whatever feelings might be uncomfortable for you in the yes. context of trying new things and imagining, et cetera?
1: Yes. Okay, so on emotional courage, I would go even a step further to say it's not only being able, trying to feel or being comfortable with feeling, it's imperative to feel. Yeah. So um, something I learned from Coach K on leadership and how Coach K coaches is, he said, it's not enough to know for your people to know it. They have to feel it. So he's like, the he disney things. Like he brings in music and videos. Like you you feel like you're in the middle of, a Disney movie because you're Great. feeling everything he's saying. Right, we have to think about feeling.
0: Her book is the launch book right here. This is what it looks <laughs> like if you're watching on video. Motivational stories to launch your idea, business, or next career. Yin Shang, thank you so much for being with us on the Bregman Leadership Podcast.
1: Oh, Peter, thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait for your next book. Um, That's a book I want to read, Emotional Courage.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And also, you did great. If this was your first video podcast, you did great.
1: (laughs) Well, I have a good member of the launch tribe. (laughs)
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bregman Leadership Podcast. If you did, it would really help us if you subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A common problem that I see in companies is a lot of busyness, a lot of hard work that fails to move the organization as a whole forward. That's the problem that we solve with our Big Arrow process. For more information about that, or to access all of my articles, videos, and podcasts, visit peterbregman.com. Thank you, Claire Marshall, for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.